Okay, I had been telling you that the focus would be the trenches. I hadn't been predicting at all that the biggest free agent signing of the offseason for your favorite football team would be on the offensive line. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. It was late Saturday night with Omar Khan apparently burning candles over on the south side that the Steelers signed Isaac Salmalo, a seven-year guard with the Eagles, a starter, a good football player, according to Pro Football Focus, the 10th best guard in the entire NFL in 2022, and they got him on a three-year deal that averages out to about an $8 million per cap hit. Too good to be true? Yeah. Yeah. But it is. And I have a feeling, before we even hear from anyone in management about this transaction, that it's going to be a too-good-to-be-true scenario that led Khan and Mike Tomlin to getting this player. Because I can tell you unequivocally that everything that I'd heard leading into this free agency season was that the Steelers were not going to be active in this regard, meaning the offensive line. Not in free agency anyway. They were absolutely looking at the offensive line for the draft. But sometimes certain situations present themselves and you take a different look at your existing situation. You put the two together and you come up with something new and possibly unexpected. What can you expect at Point Park University in downtown Pittsburgh? Respect Rigor, relevance, that's the Point Park pledge. You'll be treated with respect while being challenged and supported academically to graduate with career-ready, relevant skills. Visit pointpark.edu to learn more. Think of it this way. Andy Weidel, who is Khan's assistant and the guy who's really handling a lot of the personnel analysis, that's his background. He's a scouting guy. He's a football guy. Weidel knows the Eagles system and the Eagles personnel inside and out. Why? He came from there. Weidel sees a situation where a really good football player is still sitting there. Maybe his price is falling a little bit. Guards don't make anywhere near as much as tackles. And all concerned to get together and think about, hmm, what did we get out of Kevin Dotson last season? What were the good? What were the bad things along the way? And... By the way, what's his contract status? Well, Dotson's rookie contract is up after the coming season. So if you go into 2023 with Dotson as your left guard, and I'm not backing off on this one, I would have been fine with that. I thought he made steady progress along the way. I still believe that he can be somebody's starting left guard in the National Football League. But... If you take all of these other swirling variables and say, listen, we can upgrade at the position, and nobody would dispute that Salmalo is an upgrade over Dotson, and we can do so at a price that might be comparable to what we'd likely have to pay Dotson the following season, why not just step on the gas and get this guy? 
known commodity solidifies the inside of the line, actually really solidifies it. If you consider that Mason Cole exceeded almost everyone's expectations at center last season and James Daniels met, and I mean that in the most positive connotation, met everyone's very high expectations of him coming into Pittsburgh. Well, here's the thing. Sao Malo graded higher than anyone on the Steelers' O-line in 2022. Higher than anyone. And he did so for a team that, you know, went to the Super Bowl. And that did so with an uncommon mixture of the run and the pass. He's good in protection. He's good on the run. He doesn't take holding penalties. Doesn't take penalties of any kind, really. And also, and never to be ignored, because I can assure you that it's not ignored by Tomlin, he's available. The Eagles ended up playing 20 total games between the regular season and the run to the Super Bowl. He was in all of them. So would or could anybody possibly have an issue with this signing? I I guess if you wanted, and this was one of the things that crossed my mind too after being as surprised as I was, you could say, well, I'd rather have seen that money go to this position or to that position. And that's fair. That's fair, especially if you're thinking about left tackle. To me, the lowest performer on the O-line in 2022 was Dan Moore, and he's the one you'd most want to replace, I would think. But then I'm also reminded that Khan is still here, and he's now the GM, and anytime he needs to manufacture some kind of cap space, he does this, and it happens. So last week, he knocks on Minka Fitzpatrick's door, says, Minka, can we work out a restructure? Minka and his agent get it all done. And the Steelers have themselves an upgrade at guard and on the offensive line in general. I have been in favor of putting almost all of the free agency cash into the defense. And I know that runs counterintuitive to the whole highest paid defense, highest paid defense stuff. That doesn't matter. You you put your money where you need it. But if you can pull off cementing your offensive line Within a single pen stroke, or at least getting closer to it, hoping for the best for more, or maybe drafting a left tackle up high, which is something we've been talking about a lot on this show, then things start to come together. When we come back, J1Q. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George, LGKG. They represent people who are hurt in car accidents, who need help with workers' comp, who filed for medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG have been keeping promises in our region for over 80 years. Learn more about them at lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. Today's J1Q comes from Crystal, and she asks, Hello, DK. The Steelers just shook up their offensive line for a third time in as many years. Though it wasn't a left guard being picked up, I'm worried about another slow start to the coming season due to the offensive line and the rest of the offense being young and needing time to get going once again. However, if this O-line is beefed up and ready to roll, then who's the pressure on more? to be elite, Kenny or Najee. Oh, you got a couple in there, Crystal. I see what you're doing. 
A couple things to point out here. First of all, Sale Malu has been a right guard in Philly, and you're going to see on the press releases and so forth uh, him being listed as a right guard. That's what he played for the Eagles this past season. He actually has more time at left guard over the course of his seven-year NFL career than he does on the right. So he's not going to have any issue transitioning. He will be asked to move to left guard. You are not sliding James Daniels anywhere. So just just to clear that part up. Also, you said, this is at the very beginning of your entry, that they shook up their offensive line for a third time. I don't think changing one player is a shakeup. I really don't. Uh, I think if you see the Steelers go through with drafting a left tackle and that left tackle is given a reasonable chance to compete with more at Latrobe, then you could be talking about a shakeup because now you're getting back into 40% range. You know, where the entire left side of the line would be new to the team, new to the scheme, though not necessarily uh, in Seomalo's case <laughs> at all, new to the National Football League. Now, who would the pressure be on in the event that the O-line is suddenly really good? I want to say that it'll be on Najee because of the nature of his position. And what you're asking about, Crystal, is a, a, is a vague designation of being elite or not. That tends to be in the eyes of the public. If Najee's going to be seen as elite, uh, it's going to be through the eyes of the public. And for him to be seen that way, he's going to need to have some significant holes in front of him. Yeah, he can break tackles and everything, but we also saw over the 2022 season that he didn't really get going until he and his O-line were in sync. I'm going to put in parentheses here that Dotson was a significant part of that. Dude got quite a push. But ultimately, anytime you're using the word elite, you're thinking of, well, you're thinking of Joe Flacco, right? For those of you who go way back to the is Flacco elite eternal debates, but setting Flacco aside, you're thinking about quarterbacks. You're thinking about MVB candidates. And in Kenny's case, one of the excuses, and I mean excuses in the proper sense, it's a legitimate excuse, like a real thing, not like a whiny excuse. One of the real excuses that you could put forth for some of the, the challenges that he faced as a rookie was the offensive line, especially early, was a mess. Was a mess. If that's gone, if that's off the table, that's going to be way more applied to Kenny than it will to Najee. I appreciate the question. I appreciate the questions. Uh, I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. Let's do another one of these tomorrow. Tomorrow.